Welcome back to another Walking with Jesus Through the Word. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. We are on day 14 of our three-year journey through the Bible, chapter by chapter, one chapter at a time, walking with Jesus, looking to see Christ in every chapter of the scriptures. And today we are in Genesis chapter 9 for day 14. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you for your word, clear and steadfast in its revelation of Christ to us. We pray that you would speak to us through your word, that you would show us Christ, that you would teach us truth, that you would build us up in the faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 9. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. But you shall not eat flesh with its life that is, its blood. And for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning from every beast. I will require it and from man. From his fellow man, I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. And you, be fruitful and multiply. Increase greatly on the earth and multiply in it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. It is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I will make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth, and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. The sons of Noah who went forth from the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the people of the whole earth were dispersed. Noah began to be a man of the soil, and he planted a vineyard. He drank of the wine and became drunk and lay uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his brother and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment 
laid it on both of their shoulders, and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces turned backward, and they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be to his brothers. He also said, Blessed be the Lord the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth, and let him dwell in the tents of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years. All the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. Well, that is Genesis chapter 9 in God's Word. What do we see? Some brief observations in this chapter. First of all, we see God's continuing commitment to the creation mandate, to the creation covenant. God renews that creation covenant with Noah, the one that he had first made with Adam and Eve at the beginning. Essentially, Noah and his sons become the new Adam and Eve of a new, renewed human race. But we now have the reality of a world that is shot through with sin. And so this is a bloodier covenant than the original covenant of creation, the creation mandate that God made with Adam and Eve. Here, God gives every animal, every animal, to Noah and his sons and his family for food. Only the requirement is not to eat the blood. So you're supposed to drain the blood out of the animal first. This helps to settle some of the controversy about whether or not Old Testament Mosaic dietary laws are still binding on believers today. I mean, the New Testament is abundantly clear repeatedly that those Old Testament dietary laws were shadows and the substances in Christ, and that they were temporary, and we now have freedom in Christ to eat whatever God provides. But this reinforces that because we go back before the Mosaic Covenant, which the ceremonial aspects of the Mosaic Covenant were temporary in nature. They were designed to prepare God's people for the coming of Christ and point to Christ, not to be perpetual after Christ had come. And we can see by looking at the Noahic covenant that Noah was given every kind of animal. It's very clear. Everything that creeps on the ground, all fish of the sea, every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. That's about as comprehensive as it can be. Every moving thing that lives. Crabs, yes. Lobster, yes. Cows, yes. Pigs, yes. If it's a moving thing, it lives. It, people are allowed to eat it. It is food. It's given as food. And what we see is this requirement just that the lifeblood not be eaten in it. And this has to do with blood being the essence of life and what points to Christ shedding his blood, giving up his life for our life. We see the establishment of capital punishment because all people are made in the image of God. All human life is precious in God's sight. So if someone willfully sheds the blood of another, their life is forfeit because to let them live would be to say that their life is more valuable than the life of the person they took. It's a basic principle of retributive justice uh, that what you take away, you have to pay back. And in this case, you've taken away an innocent life. You have to pay back with your own life. But what I want to look at in particular interest is the sign of the covenant that God makes with Noah. God makes this promise that he will never again cut off all flesh of the waters by the flood, all flesh of the earth by the waters of the flood. So he's promised he's never going to flood the earth to destroy all life again. 
Now, there's been floods since then and natural disasters, but they've never even come close to wiping out all life on earth as this global flood did. Now, when Christ comes again, he will bring an end to all things. Uh, but even then, it doesn't appear that every single person who's on earth is going to be killed the way that it happened during the global flood. But Christ will come and judge everyone, some of whom will remain in the flesh and will be um, renewed or transformed at his coming and others will be raised from the dead. So this is a covenant. And notice the sign of the covenant. The sign of the covenant, we are accustomed to calling it the rainbow. But notice it's just a bow in verse 13. It's a bow in the cloud. This is a bow that's a war bow. You see, a rainbow is a is a arch, right? That's the shape of a bow, like a bow and arrow, a war bow. God hangs his bow in the clouds. I have set my bow in the clouds. That's a sign of peace. He's put away the bow. He's no longer going to strike the earth with a worldwide flood or a worldwide catastrophe that will wipe out all life on earth. But notice also the hidden imagery here in the bow being hung in the clouds. Where is it now aiming? It's aiming up at heaven, at the heart of God. So God is saying, not only am I going to make peace with you, but you continue to be sinful. And for my people whom I love, I will take the penalty of that sin. It's a, it's a very subtle symbolism of the fact that the bow is pointing toward heaven, but God is promising to make peace even at his own, the cost of his own life, which of course he would fulfill when he comes in Jesus Christ, God the Son made man, um, who comes to take this covenant curse upon himself. We do see Noah uh, getting drunk and we see Ham doing something very inappropriate toward his father, looking upon his nakedness, something like that. And you see Shem and Japheth restoring their father's dignity. And Canaan is cursed. This has to do with the context in which Genesis was given, where the Israelites, who are descendants of Shem, are entering into the promised land where the Canaanites are. And those Canaanites are cursed by God. They've been cursed by God because of gross immorality, human sacrifice, infant sacrifice for generation upon generation, violence and, and, and evil. But they're cursed going all the way back to Noah and the flood. For, for years, uh, racist Christians tried to use this to make some sort of mark of Ham to say because Ham is the ancestor of all dark-skinned people in the earth that they're inherently cursed because of what Ham did. That's just nonsense, just plain old nonsense. I'm just going to leave it at that. But we see that the Lord is sovereign over all of the details of history. So we see here God's blessing upon his people, God's making of peace, even at the cost of his own heart, God establishing justice in the form of preserving the value of human life in a world that's full of violence, and God establishing himself as uh, the Lord, the God of Shem, and Shem being the ancestor of the Israelite people. Well, that's what we see in Genesis 9. We will be moving on tomorrow on day 15. We'll be uh, in Genesis chapter 10. So hope you can join us for that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word that is truth and is alive and reveals to us our own heart. We see here our need for forgiveness 
and what it would cost to forgive us at the cost of your own son. Thank you for Jesus, who ultimately fulfills the Noahic covenant in his own flesh. We praise you in his name. Amen. Amen. Hope to see you tomorrow for day 15.